The first reading can be found on page 611 in the Pew Bibles. Psalm 107, commencing at verse 23. Others went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunken men. They were at their wit's end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper, the waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it drew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. And the second reading can be found on page 1006, Mark chapter 4. Verse 35, Jesus calms the storm. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Shall we pray? Oh Lord Jesus, take my lips and, and speak through them. Take our minds and think in them and take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you and for all people oh we pray in your precious name Lord Jesus Amen well we're beginning today a series uh, in which we're looking at God's power at work Uh, his power over nature his power over Demons, his power over illness, and his power over death. That's the next sort of week one, two, three, and four. And uh, in all of that, we're going to see uh, who the Lord really is and how he is indeed omnipotent. We're going to focus primarily today on his power over nature as we look at the account of the storm on the Sea of Galilee, as recorded for us by Mark. I found it quite interesting when I was preparing uh, to, to note that 
Matthew and Luke also describe the, the storm and Jesus' power at work. And with Mark, they too set it alongside the accounts of Jesus dealing with illness, demons, and death. And you know, as we read all these accounts, uh, we do in fact see, oh, the mighty power of Jesus at work in real situations. Real situations at work in the minds and bodies and circumstances of men and women. And I really believe that these accounts are there to boost our faith. To really boost our faith. As we, like those disciples, really see who Jesus is. And we see all that he can do. And all that he does indeed do. Come on, let's look at Mark's account. He tells us uh, that Jesus invites the disciples to take him in their boat and to set out for the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Anybody been to the Sea of Galilee? One or two two hands. In fact, the Sea of Galilee is actually a lake. Uh, It's not small. It's a pretty large body of water, some 680 feet below sea level and it's surrounded by hills and the surrounding hills sort of almost mountains serve as a funnel for storms and the winds just rush down they hit the cooler waters and they pick up tremendous energy and it's not unusual for 20 even 30 foot waves violent waves to be generated and just to cause havoc with the boats. And often, uh, reading uh, part of Josephus' history of, in Jesus' time, there's sometimes two, over 200 boats on the Sea of Galilee at the same time. And it's truly believed that there were more uh, than just uh, Jesus and his disciples in the one boat on the Sea of Galilee when this actual incident is noted and recorded. But storms there often came unexpectedly, and they still do uh, today. Well, it would appear that they set out to cross the lake on a, on a very calm evening. Yes, all was well. All was peaceful. There was nothing to rock the boat, so to speak. So much so, we read that Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. And one wonders whether the disciples have forgotten that he was there. After all, they were managing very nicely. Thank you very much. Then suddenly, unpredictably, a fierce, fierce storm was whipped up and the boat was in danger of being swamped. They, many of them, of course, accustomed, seasoned fishermen, uh, knew that such occurrences could be fatal. You know, they weren't exaggerating when they cried out for help, shouting, we're going to drown. They knew how helpless they were in the face of the driving wind and the raging waters. And what was Jesus doing? He was asleep. Didn't he care? They were frightened, they were fearful, they were panicking. This is when they needed him most. And he was asleep. 
Did you note the accusation in their cry? Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Do you see yourself mirrored there? I wonder if we see ourselves mirrored there. Have there been times when there's been a similar accusation in our voice? I've certainly heard it in the voice of others. Oh, I've always been a good Christian. Why is God letting this happen to me? Oh, where's God now that I need him most? Oh, you know, if God is love and all-powerful, how can he let such terrible things happen in the world? Oh, folks, how Satan must rejoice when we speak and think like that, revealing that we don't truly know that Jesus is the Son of God and that he's promised never to leave us and to watch over us by day and by night. Well, the master who moments ago displayed his full humanity as he slept now reveals his full his full deity and authority as he take note as he rebuked the wind and the waves you know the word rebuked suggests that he's dealing here with the opposition you know the powers of darkness have to be sent packing anything that's evil or harmful is not from god And here Jesus confronts and rebukes the pounding, damaging storm. Quiet, be still. Words that are commanded with the authority which God alone has. You see, our God, who spoke the word in creation, let there be, and there was, now speaks the word, peace, be still. And there's great calm. See, he who had the power to bring all nature into being has the power to control that nature which he created. A commanding word from him suffices. But this mighty display of power just left the disciples still afraid and asking the question, who is this? that even the winds and waves obey him. He just questioned the level of their faith, hadn't he? Faith they had, but it had not yet risen to the level that recognized that there is nothing that is impossible for God. Mark doesn't actually tell us whether their faith went up several notches or not, but he goes on to record how those disciples just went on to witness the power of God in other situations. Once again, what about us? What about you and me? Where do we place our level of faith of Jesus being able to do the seemingly impossible and to exercise limitless power? Do we still need him to do Things in the here and now in 2018 for our faith to be at the top of the 1 to 10 scale? Do we say, I believe and trust in him 
without any reservations. Are we there? Do you know that storm on the lake is an example, of course, of the adverse circumstances which come our way? Oh, yes. All can run smoothly. All be well. And we may even forget that Jesus is sailing with us in the boat of our life. Then the storm comes. And we're tossed about and we're battered and seemingly sort of blown off course. That moment may be when the words of the old Sankey hymn come to mind. Will your anchor hold in the storms of life? That moment when it's more than time to invite Jesus into the situation. Not accusing him of not caring. But saying, oh, master, I need your help. I know that you can calm the storm. I know that you can save me. And you know, in that moment, in that moment of crying out to him in trusting faith, oh, we discover that he's right there with us. He who has promised never to leave us or desert us has been at our side throughout, sailing with us on the calm seas. And is there now in the storm. You see, for the disciples on the lake, he was present to their sight. In our case, he needs to be present to our faith. Present to our faith, both in our individual hearts and in the loving fellowship and friendship of other believers. He's present in both senses of the word. He's present in both senses of the word. He's here and he is now. How often we remind ourselves of that in the Holy Communion service with the words, yes, the Lord is here. His spirit is with us. See, Jesus is Lord. He is our mighty God. He is our God of power. Oh, yes, To God be the glory we sang earlier today. And let's join today around the throne of heaven with those about whom we read in Revelation. And offer praise and glory to the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. The one who alone is worthy to receive glory and honor and power. And let's remember that we're sailing each day with him on board sailing victoriously towards our heavenly home to be with him eternally. Do you know, I was going to stop there. But on Monday, when I was preparing, I really had a sense that we should read again the eight verses from Psalm 107 that Morris read to us earlier. I wondered at the time why I, I, I felt that very strongly. But all those verses were written a long time before Mark's gospel, but they run parallel with what we've been thinking about there in the storm. Our God who's calmed the storm on the Sea of Galilee 
2,000 years ago, was in the business of calming storms in the psalmist's day, and he's in the business of calming storms in 2018. Let's turn to page 611 in our Pew Bibles. And just look at that psalm again, verse 23 to 30. And how the psalmist records that others went out on the sea in ships, that they were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunken men. Oh, they were at their wits' end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. Oh, and they were glad when it grew calm. And he guided them to their desired haven. And you know, as I read that again, and when I was preparing, I wonder whether we could put ourselves there in that psalm perhaps recalling some storm in our own life and how God had brought calm and peace and guided us safely. But amazingly, as I was thinking and moving on in my preparation, I just became very much aware of the storm No, that's too strong a word. The squall, if you like, that I was experiencing and that I was battling against mentally over the weekend and still on Monday. One that was causing me disquiet and to some extent battering me as I tried to find how to deal with it. Then that verse, 28... Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And I just knew in that moment how I just needed to cry out to the Lord and say, give up, try and sort it out. Ask him. And I cried out to the Lord and handed the situation to him. And you know, within a few hours... I had an overwhelming peace. And on Tuesday morning, the problem was resolved and the way forward put in place. Do you know, I can rewrite that psalm with my own words. But I take note of the verse that follows, verse 31. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. I felt I was prompted to reread that psalm just to remind myself, as it were, and to be prompted to cry out to the Lord 
in, in my trouble, in my deep... Oh, it wasn't a major storm. It was enough to batter me and to make me feel uncomfortable and disquiet. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. But I need to tell you, uh, and I, I want to tell you, that there's going to be uh, uh, what I call a detailed announcement at the end of the service in the notices uh, about us coming together to cry out to the Lord for someone in a particular time of trouble. Do you know, having followed recently the Paraclesis series about coming alongside others and having focused this morning on God's power, let's all recognize how this is going to be an opportunity uh, for us to join together for a time of prayer. And it's going to be next Saturday. And you know, next Saturday is no coincidence. It's a very significant day. Saturday the 4th of August is the first of 100 days of prayer leading to the 100th anniversary of the end of World War I. We will be joining thousands, thousands of people who will be crying out to God on that day. It was in 1918 that King George V called for national days of prayer, for peace, and for God to calm the storm of war. Next Saturday, a St. Juan's Day of prayer, for peace, and for God to calm the storm that is battering the body of one of our church family. More about that later. But what a reminder that we are and must and should be crying out to the Lord and going to him with all our needs and with the needs of others. Yes, this time. Let's just get back to Psalm 107. Those eight verses and for the next two or three minutes four minutes as a response to what we've been thinking about would you like to personalize those verses for yourself just and in silence just reread that psalm and perhaps relive an experience that you've had with God and perhaps once again thank him for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds. May that, the words of that psalm be real to you as you read them through and put them in your own words as you relive your own experience. <laughs> 